Truth what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days, you were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like Our education systems have mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello, listeners. Welcome to uh, episode 45. I'm, I'm here again with um, Alex Eldridge-Toll uh, in the studio with us in Zhuhai, China. Hi, Alex. Hello again. And uh, how ignorant are you? We are focusing on some essential questions, some world-reaching deep questions, coming from the website gapminder.org and framed around the United Nations 17 sustainable blah, blah, blah goals for a brighter future for ourselves as educators and our wonderful souls of children of the world. Um, okay, so we're in the section now, uh, Zero Hunger, um, is what we're talking about here. And in the previous pod, we were talking about no poverty. So let's get straight into it. Here's the first question. There's six in each. So listeners, please listen and play with us. See if you can um, get the correct answer. So, Alex, question number one. What share, what share of the world's population don't have enough food to meet their daily needs? What share of the world's population don't have enough food to meet their daily needs. And there's three answers. Is it 11% of the world, 23% of the world, or 37% of the world? What are you thinking? I would... I'm Immediately, I'm thinking a bit about, like, what do they say about what those daily needs are? Don't get too deep. Uh, enough food to meet their daily needs. I mean, yeah. we all need three meals a day, I would say. Most of us. Yeah. Most of us. Healthy eating is three meals a day, though. That's the thing. Because like, you could... Te- technically, you can survive on two meals a day and stuff like that. And it's, it's, no, it's not unheard of. Yeah. It just... If you don't have a and job and you're not doing anything. Exactly. Maybe that. just one meal that I you can scrape up. I certainly think about it, yeah. Dark days, our quarantine experience of where it was. You, you could, there's no point having the third meal because you, just you, d- you don't. Have, you don't need the energy. You don't have the energy. It's just a waste, isn't it? Exactly. You don't that. need it, right? So what were the eleven percent, twenty three percent, or thirty percent of the population do not have enough food to meet their daily needs? I think it's that first one. I think it's the smallest number. Around eleven percent. Like I find, I I would argue what they mean by that sort of wording of the question, those daily needs, but. Given and you you already hinted at the beginning, you know your this whole blah blah blah. So certainly in the last episode, agenda make everything look really rosy when it's not, kind of thing. I think is that key wording. What do they? What's that sort of yeah. wording? What do they mean by sort of those daily requirements? So well, I'll tell you what makes me sick before we get into the answer here is that we have huge amounts of obesity in our world. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to focus on any oh, God, content, yeah. one one country at all because it's happening everywhere. 
And we have a huge amount of food that's being chucked out of supermarkets and these massive global companies. Mm. Um, staff aren't even allowed to take that food home, uh, you know, yeah. if it, which is madness. And my point is then we go over to, say, someone like Africa and we've got kids, um, you know, you see their ribs, have got hardly any um, sustenance that their parents can give them. Uh, what the hell is going on there? I just don't get it. And all the food even here in China at restaurants, the stuff that's thrown out, the stuff that's left at restaurants, it could feed so many starving children, starving families. So I want to say that there are probably 37% of our beautiful population that don't have enough food to meet their daily needs. But I know you're right, and I know Gap Miner have an agenda, and let's see if it is around 11%. Here we go. And yes, it's gone green, and yes, it is correct. The passion. You're right. Uh, but 79% of people are a bit more clued up, answered wrongly. Um, in most people's heads, there are more hungry mouths than in reality. The problem of starvation must seem impossible to solve for them as they overestimate it by two or three times. Okay, right. Interesting. I, yeah, what, what we've said, that key wording, they, it's sort of a bit of a pretty picture. Just... Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Sweden is a perfect place, isn't it? Uh, for, for many things. And they only have 7 million people in it. Um, some of the best healthcare in the world, best education in the world. I know. And um, being there, a bit cold, I have to say, to all you Swedes listening in. Um, but still, uh, a lot of you support Liverpool. And um, yes, good for you. Right, moving on. Question two now, everybody. Question two. Uh, for every 100 kilograms of food produced in the world... How much, on average, is transported to a different country? Good question. Mm. For every 100 kilograms of food produced in our world, how much, on average, is transported to a different country? So out of 100 kilograms, do you think it's 18 kilograms, 38 kilograms, or 58 kilograms? Oh, wow. I'm, trying to, I'm still trying to wrap my head a little bit around the numbers and just trying to sort of create some form of context. What were the numbers again? Well, put it in percentage. So it's 18% of food produced... Transported to yeah. a different country, or thirty-eight percent, or fifty-eight percent. I mean, okay, yeah, that's, I, I've that heard is... these crazy analyses of, like, uh, say, just to say, a piece of fruit grown somewhere, and it goes all the way over the other world, and it goes all the way over to another country, and it's got all these things sprayed on it to make sure that when it hits that country and gets in the supermarket, it can actually start to ripen and taste something like it should taste. Yeah. Um, so there is mad mismanagement going on, I think, in the food chain and logistics. What yeah. do you think? I, I mean, exports, I think it's got to be quite high. I know, but it's food, though. It's just food produced in the world, 100 kilograms. It's got to be low. It's got to be really low. We, we, we all know this, don't we? We know the agenda. It's going to be 18, don't we? It's yeah. going to be the nicest shining light, 18. Oh, I thought it was a lot more. Misconception. Shall we? Yeah. 18 kilograms. Here we go. <laughs> if you do this on your own, listen, as you know how to... Uh, there you go. <laughs> Look at this again. I'm starting to feel researchers, we might need to pull this podcast. Um, but 89% of people answered wrongly again. I think it's, um, yeah, I, re- I do wonder the wording of the question, how well people actually understand the context of it, and also whether people are sort of t- thinking about other products. Because it's easy to just think about food, but if we changed, if we changed it from food to yeah. any product, be massive. The, percent- yeah. the amount of percentage of goods that transported around the world huge I mean the question is specifically revolved around fruit, food it says 18% of, of food that's produced is shipped to another country I still say that's quite a lot Alex I have to say they're saying here that we're all ignorant because 
We've, we've probably heard of many kinds of foods travelling to the globe for no good reason, but in reality, most food doesn't travel aboard. Well, I, I think, um, gap minder, that you're um, not minding the fact that 18% of food is quite a lot, I feel. Um, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, it, it's tough, though, because you think... It, I mean, what, the food? Sort of... <laughs> probably is, isn't it? I probably guess cooked. It. Yeah, badly cooked, right? <laughs> um, we think about countries, uh, sort of, you know, third world countries, where sort of food is more scarce mm. they don't necessarily have the resources uh due to the climate for their own production of food but then we think about countries i'm going to take the uk for example mm-hmm. you know plenty of land plenty of area to grow food and produce etc but the amount of obviously you know the amount of local meat for example is wasted and there are countries out there there are, there are so many countries out there that just don't have the resources, don't have the climate or anywhere just to be able to, to sustain any food, sustain any, any, prod, any produce. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this is a, actually, there's a lot of things going around in my mind now about uh, this question, as there yeah. are many of them. And um, we don't have time for it, but uh, certainly that's an interesting one. Um, I, I've always been of the of the uh, idea that you live with nature and if you're in a place where it produces a lot of this and a lot of that that's generally probably what your body should be eating anyway because yeah. that's what's going on there of course now it's like oh I want this and I want that oh I can't get any of those so I've got to import them and you know and, and you start eating like a lot of people who come to Asia for example they yeah. live in Asia they complain about the food and they want to eat like you know they're in England still it's just not the right food for this climate and intense what happened to these people over the years is they get sick um, because they're not in balance with um, with nature is that interesting thing about bees isn't it the honey that's made locally mm. if you eat local honey there's a lot of antibodies and stuff that can help fight certain mm. things yeah B, uh, is it b12 the vit- there's also the vitamins in is that a pun uh, using buzzing b b12 <laughs> I like that. clever it wasn't it was a Freudian that was sick. completely, yeah, completely <laughs> unintentional. Um, but, but yeah, B12, but well, of course, B12 now for all these vegetarians like yourself, I mean, I'm mostly vegetarian, used to be able to get good B12 vitamins um, from the soil. Yeah. And now the soil yeah, has been all... pillaged and it's hardly living at all. So you've got to take supplements. This is just man, man, man. Okay, let's move on. Question three, uh, Mr. Toll. Which of the following regions has the largest share of children under five who are dangerously underweight. Which of the following regions has the largest share of children under five who are dangerously underweight? Very interesting, considering we're talking about overweightness um, uh, in in parts of the world. Uh, We're going to go to underweightness, especially under fives. Is it in North Africa and the Middle East? Is it in South Asia? Or is it in Sub-Saharan Africa? Hmm. Ooh. Okay. I am torn between the first and the last. Yeah. Because of the wars that have occurred in uh, the Middle East over the last sort of Middle East over the last few years, because yeah. that's a factor that plays into it. Um, People think a lot of the stereotypes in the Middle East, so they've got a lot of money, uh, oil, um, but rich, we, lots of wives. As we uh, know, you know, in Syria and Turkey, like you know, there's so much has happened yeah. in those regions in just the last couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Turkey's not going to come in there, is it? North Africa and oh, Middle East. Uh, um, no, one, sorry. No. So, but, we're not going yeah. to South Asia then. Because I've got I a feeling been, this is going to be the one, and yeah. I wouldn't go for it. I, I'd go for Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. I would. 
Um, what are you going to go for? Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. I got to agree with you. Okay. Because we think, as we as you, we said earlier, like you know, Middle East and North Africa, there's a lot of oil, etc. There, and it's very rich. It's become very rich in the last few years. So, yeah. I think we're about to learn that we're ignorant. I think. Uh, we are. Here we go. Sub-Saharan Africa. All those kiddies on Comic Relief are in our head. Yeah. Uh, God bless them. Here we go. Tell me I'm and wrong. it's wrong. Yeah. There you go. It is the South Asia one. Really? Yeah. The Ooh, one what it where we're living. Hunger is not a synonym for Africa. Oh, Bob Geldof, get your hat off. Ooh. Researchers called Bob Geldof. God belt, Bob, Bob, God, God, Bob, God, Beldof, God, Geldof. What's his name? What's his name? Bob Geldof. Call him up. Get him on here. We want him on. Fight him in. We'll give him some, a meal. He doesn't need to go hungry. Hunger is not a synonym for Africa. Alex, in big, bold letters. Yeah. But when asked about hunger, you instinctively think Africa, don't you? Yeah. But undernourished children are actually more common in South Asia. And, and again, maybe population-wise, there's a lot of people in Asia, there's right? There's India, Statistics. India and China. Absolutely. That's well, that's interesting. It's actually the most interesting question I've come across so far on this damn podcast is there any what are the questions at the bottom of the site because they usually have a few sort of you might have to read through it oh 85 percent like you and me got it wrong um south asia asia does have the highest share of children under five who are dangerously underweight as the question says source unicef who and the world bank if you want to believe any of them um and, and about the misconception because countries in south asia including as you said india pakistan have been making so much progress mm. in many ways um this problem hasn't had the attention it deserves children apparently in south asia are twice as likely um to be underweight than children in sub-saharan africa and north africa and the middle east and when wow. we think of children who are so thin that their skin stretched tight across their ribs and their heads seem too heavy for their bodies. It's no surprise sub-Saharan Africa or war-torn countries, going back to what you were saying in the Middle East, come into our minds. After all, that is where a lot of the world's poverty is and where we most often see images of hungry children. But it's harder to see the amount, Alex, of hunger that is hidden in poor communities across South Asia, hidden from the mainstream. Uh, in the outskirts of affluent cities or distant rural areas, there are lots of pockets of poverty property, poverty, adding up to slightly more underweight children than there are in all of Africa. So yeah, uh, wow, 25 million children under the age of five have gotten too little food in South Asia, which puts them at risk of infection and health. Um, again, going back That's... to the supermarkets and all this kind of thing, the people who are managing this system, or the people yes. that we apparently democratically vote or non-democratically vote to come in, you're not doing a good job. Move aside and let other people come in and do something about it. We need better leadership at the top. Um, so we have better leadership at the bottom. Okay, so those 85% of people were with you on this. We're feeling the... I'm glad I got that The wrong. ignorance. Yes. Good. I'm, yeah. Nice to know that not all the questions are, you know, 
as you know, we were we were getting, we were finding a trend. Bit you know, the wording of it was yes. a bit wishy washy. Yeah, you know, right. it's all sunshine and rainbows, depending on the wording of the question. So I can't, I'm a little bit glad I got that one wrong. Well, we've actually hit the top. We've actually hit the title of this. <laughs> let's let's move on then to question four because you might get this one wrong as well. Uh, worldwide, how many children under five are overweight? So we're so now talking we're about the other way now. under five underweight. How many children under five are overweight? Six percent, twenty six percent. Or forty six percent. I think we've got to go back to those rainbows, haven't we? I'm going to go with six percent, and I don't yeah. think I just I don't. But think... the thing is, though, when we say we think about children and you know the so we think about children. Obviously, what is I, I, I've not had kids, so I'm afraid this is something you might have to be able, you might be able to educate me on. Mm. What is sort of the outstand weight for a newborn? Oh, cripes. Well, it, it changes in different parts of the world, actually. There's different kind of measures. Oh, right. Um, I don't have the exact up, the statistics up for me, and I'm not going to get <laughs> them, but what's your point? that I'm, I guess I'm trying to wonder... We've got overweight, it's fat, and problems... Like that's with, the thing, though. Like, how often do you see... I, I guess there's nice links on to that whole mainstream media and all that stuff... Fat babies. How often do you see that? Have you not, well, how many babies do you see in a week? Probably don't <laughs> see many, right? So <laughs> We should probably change that question. How many babies do I see in a year? Yeah. Well, in my lifetime, let's say that. There has been a trend, whether or not be a fake one, I have to add, of um, Asian babies, especially Chinese babies, yeah. being too fat and overweight. The idea is the fatter they are, um, the more looked after they are, the more wealthy they are. Uh, and so, and you do see a lot of babies here, and they're really quite fat. Um, I have to say, okay. fatter than mine have been here. And uh, maybe that's because the grandma and granddad spoils them rotten with lots of sugary things. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But there is something okay. happening. We have underweight and overweight. What are you going to go or hit? Go for here? Six percent? Yeah. Not many? I th- yeah. It's got to be tiny. Babies are keeping fit. Overall wellness for the under fives is going well. And it looks like you're absolutely right. Yeah. Six percent. Um, but 82% answered wrongly. So they know that too many children are overweight, but they overestimate it by more than four times. You ignorant people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we're not. Uh, question, question five. Uh, do you have anything to add on that, by the way? Um, yeah, just sort of what you were saying earlier. It, it very much depends on... I think yeah, certainly different areas of the world there's different measures obviously different uh, different views when it comes to society and okay if we think of weight babies there's two sides to it there's the percentage of two weight. sides to the babies or an well, overweight side and an underweight side front and back front and back side <laughs> that you never um, see anyway exactly right because um, I don't have kids no so. or you're never around kids even at school we're not around kids exactly yeah. that um, well, yeah anyway you made me lose my train of thought. Going on about different sides of a baby. Yeah, I was thinking, when where do overweight babies sort of occur? Do they normally occur in middle class in middle class families? Yeah, clearly in or yeah. lower class families where it's basically Ooh. get cheap food. Oh yeah, good point. Or overweight families. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, high earning high earning families where it's like okay, the nanny can look after them, they can have whatever they want. Yeah. So this is where I'm thinking. I think it's got to be those two extremes. Not to do with the middle class, or less likely, obviously, generally speaking, mm. 
I think it's less to do with the middle class and it's more to do with, say, the working class, where it's, as we know, certainly in a lot of parts of the world, cheap food cheap food doesn't necessarily equate to healthy food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not, yeah. And high-earning high earning families, they're sort of, obviously this is a generalisation, but it's sort of, you know, they're earning that, they're, you know, mummy and daddy are running a business, they don't have time for family, they don't have time for the kids, they don't have time for family, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Kids so, can go into the fridge and go whatever. Exactly. Mm. 6% though, it shows we haven't got too many fat babies, huh? It's, yeah. saying, it's saying the world's good. It's all right, yeah? Don't be ignorant about this, yeah? yeah. It's not all that bad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Neither's the skinny ones that are about to die. It's not many of them, and they're certainly not... Well, there are many of them. They're just not all in Africa. Yes. something we learned from a previous one. Okay, thanks. Good stuff there, Alex. Question yeah. five. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, question Go five. On. No need to apologise. Don't be too British. In 1995, of all years, all countries together spent four... Blimey, cripes. What, how, how do you even say that? Um, 4.6 million US, US dollars. dollars. Wow. On right, I know why they've done export that. subsidies. How much was spent in 2017? So, okay, in 1995, which is when, uh, 25 years ago, all countries together, I'm sure it wasn't all countries, I'm sure it was just a few countries, okay. um, spent uh, 4.6 million US dollars on agricultural, is that 4,600? 4, 4.6 thousand million. Yes, so four, the issue yeah. is, so the reason why they've said it this way is because there's a difference between different parts of the world of what a billion is. So ah, I always get this mixed up. Interesting. I think, I think in the U, I think it's in the US, I could be very wrong though. In the US, I think a billion yeah. is a million million. Million million, right. And I think in the UK... A thousand million. Correct. Yeah. I think, unless I've got those mixed up, but those are the two differences. So that's why they've written the number that way. So I'm looking at 4,600 million, which translated in English is... 4.6 thousand million. Wow. Okay. But a lot of money. Correct. Um, on agricul- Sorry, yeah. on anyway, agricultural I... <laughs> export subsidies. Yes. Agricultural export Sub- subsidies. How much was spent? So, I mean, first of all, let's break this down. Uh, that's a lot of money on agricultural export subsidies. And then we're saying how much was spent in today's terms, in 2017. I mean, just think about agriculture export subsidies. So I would say this is, is it not, um, subsidies money that's put in uh, from, say, governments within their own country to yeah. help export products made in their country to other countries where they could buy them at lower prices than if they made them in their own country. Yes. Sorry, I'm struggling to get my <laughs> agricultural export subsidies. So, I mean, I would say probably you would think as the world develops, the countries are able to produce their own things for a decent enough price for most people in their countries to buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair analysis. I, th- I would say so. I mean, oh, let me give you the answers. I do apologise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's either two hundred million US dollars, so it's gone down. 2,000 million US dollars or 20,000 million US dollars. So that's less than, than, than 4.6. So we're saying in the last 20, 25 years mm-hmm. that has the amount of money spent on agricultural export subsidies increased or decreased? Decreased. Well, and this, when we say decreased, we mean decreased either by half 
mm. or decreased a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's this number again, the one in 1995? Uh, we should write it out fully. How would you say that? So 4.6 uh, 4. 6, 4. 6 billion. Okay. Depending on where the world, depending on 4. where in the world you billion, are, yeah. four point six billion. But that's thousand million. We're saying. I mean, I've got no, I've got no idea on this one. I think it's probably going to go down as much as possible. Let's say. So what would that be then? It would be two hundred million US dollars. I'm going to go for. I think it must have decreased. I mean, how much nowadays? How much dependency is there on agriculture? But these are all decreased. These numbers. No, the last one isn't. Oh, what's the last one? 20,000 million. Oh, so that's... The last one's saying it's increased by four, over four times as much. Oh, I We're see. You're saying 4,600 million US dollars. Yeah. It's now gone up to 20,000 million US dollars. So... I see. I think it's gone down. I think it's going to go down to 200 million. It must have gone down quite a lot. I think you're right. As time has... As, right. Yeah. World has developed. I think less money is spent. I think you're right. I hope we are right on this one. Okay. <laughs> we, we are right. There's a big flash. <laughs> <laughs> we've used logic. We've thought this through. Hey, we're 18% of uh, non-ignorant people. 82% of people got this wrong. Did you at home or driving to work or doing whatever you do when you listen to the China Jedi podcasts? Dig a hole to put some dead person in? Um, I don't know. Uh, That's why po- po- podcasts are so good. That was a terrible right? Scratch that one. Uh, researchers. The researchers have... Put their masks on. Be quiet, Chris. Be quiet. 82% of people answered this wrongly, Mr. Tull. People think export subsidies are still very common. This outdated view can prevent people from realising other issues in the global agricultural sector. So it's gone, it's gone, gone down um, a lot. Anything you'd like to, to add on that? Um, I mean, I think what we said earlier, yes, only as we were assuming, as worlds have become more developed... There's less requirement to import it. But I guess the other side of it as well, when we say agricultural export subsidies, that there's a wide range. Because also that we could think about when we, if we sort of use a simple example of resources, whether yeah. it be a factory or machine or whatever, once they've got the machine, they don't need to import it again. Once they've got it, they, if you know what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this. To, to be fair to Gapminder.org, there, there are some good, if you ever go on there, listeners, some good, you know, further descriptions and explanations of these poignant questions. And mm. I mean, here, revolving, this, revolving around the misconception of, of this, it says in the last 25 years, export subsidies have decreased um, to 5%, yet people think it's increased. Uh, except me, uh, to save, and yourself, uh, and a few others. Uh, stable agricultural prices are valuable for farmers to predict their incomes. Um, some 25 years ago, enormous sums of money in the form of subsidies were used from tax money to dispose of the surplus of agricultural products to other countries. This was useful to avoid dropping the domestic prices of farm products in rich countries. So as a result, the poorest countries' food prices, yes, jumped up and down because of cheap imported food from rich countries. Poor farmers already handling unpredictable harvests could suddenly be bankrupted by unfair, yeah, global price jumps. So in 2015, the WTO members agreed to end these agricultural export subsidies for good. And today, the total amount is just a fraction um, of what it was 25 years ago. Um, Global trade collaboration can, I guess, benefit not only from the richest, uh, but also the poorest, Mr. Toll. Wow. I guess, like, I mean, like every single one of these questions, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. But this one just... 
Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. Well, let's right. move on to the last yeah. one in this uh, topic of zero hunger. And it's, it's question number six. And it, and it sits like this. How many countries worldwide have holdings of plant genetic materials conserved in gene banks? Ooh, end of the Ooh. world doomsday is coming here. How many countries <laughs> worldwide have holdings of plant genetic materials conserved in gene banks? Uh, less than 10, around 50, or more than 100? I mean, why would you have holdings of plant genetic materials conserved in gene banks so that companies like Monsanto uh, can't potentially get in there and take over all of your genes? Oh, just... <laughs> I don't know. I mean... It's an interesting one, isn't it? Like it's, six. It's, I guess it's something I've never thought about. Yeah. So, <laughs> less than 10. I mean, I'd say your countries are thinking maybe there's going to be a problem in the future of oh, food. Um, we know, we know. And also, we yeah. think about the amount of... Mouths. Mouths, but also the amount of... Um, certainly, if we were thinking of wildlife, the amount of wildlife that has become extinct... I wouldn't be surprised that... We've got to stop eating so much meat. Yeah, and I just fell out of it. T- meat and... T- oh, oh, I can't have it. I've got, got to have my meat. Got to have my meat. Can't live without my meat. What's <laughs> going to happen to my muscles without my meat? I mean, come on, man. You've you got to... You, I'm, yeah. I'm canny. Everyone's got a clue up on this. We need to eat less meat. We need to kill less animals. Um, in terrible, terrible ways, what we're doing with animals. And um, we need to start eating a plant based diet a lot more it's so much healthier for you the science is out there if you go to take a look um and you don't have to be vegan uh, to do it or preach um love and light through um a vegetarian sausage uh, but what did you know actually what vegetarian sausages no <laughs> do they have um, light in them oh. i can't remember there was a documentary i saw on netflix it was yeah. um apparently the roman centurions uh vegetarians oh That'd be a biggie, wouldn't it? Like, can you just imagine sort of the famous... Have you done any eight... fact checks on that? No, but I got the recent... <laughs> I'm but sure the gladiators! The documentary. <laughs> maybe it's gladiators, maybe. But um, the thought of the just, you know, ancient, you know, iconic ancient armies being vegetarians. Oh, like, that completely changes the whole... Terrible, wouldn't it? I mean, gosh, what does it mean to be a man? I don't know. Um, okay. Well. But, but, but anyway, how many countries then are planning uh, ahead for end of the world scenarios? And I, of course, being rather dramatic on this, but it does say something. Um, I guess anything says something. Uh, less than 10, around 50 or more than 100 countries are um, holding plant genetic materials um, as well as, I'm sure, human ones too, uh, without you knowing, conserved in gene banks. Less than 10, around 50 or more than 100. I'm going to go around 50. And chuck it I, I think you're right, but at the same time, we're saying how many countries, this is the UN, so I'm thinking country, you know, the United Nations. You're going to go more than 100, are you? Well, what's the need? Well, I wasn't going to say that, I was going to say less than 10. Yeah, just let, yeah, let the United Nations the, deal with it. Pretty much, that yeah. was my logic. Let I'm the thinking, Pope keep a back garden full of genetic plants. Well, this, yeah. So we can spread his seed if things come bad. Because the key wording is here is that it says the number of countries. For all we know, you know, the US, of hypothetically, one country, I'm not name dropping. Yeah. <laughs> what if one country just did all of it? Yeah. What's the need in the rest of the world doing it? Yeah. Obviously, this, we're talking about the United Nations here. This is the survey. So I'm going to say less than 10. What was it? Well, the first one, yeah, less than 10. Yeah, is it their survey? I think we've got to be careful on that one. UNICEF. Uh, WTO, 
the United Nations, yeah, they all sit around the same table and eat their meat sausages, don't they, together. Right, um, you're going less than 10, I'm going around 50. Uh, we'll go to less than 10, Alex is one. Here we go, as I'm asking the questions. He's wrong. Oh, we're both and wrong. And I'm wrong as well. It's, it's um, backup plants. The DNA evolves with every new generation of a plant. Many countries are smart to keep backups of earlier plant versions just in case. So, mm. you know... 80% of people were wrong on this. More than 100 listeners of the world's countries have plant materials stored in gene banks. I mean, it can't be that difficult. Gene banks it can't be that big. You don't I need guess big so. banks, do you, for this I, stuff? I guess not. But at the same time, I'm just now realising, certainly that key wording at the beginning, you said new generation of plants. That just... That's, you're absolutely right. Nowadays, you know, plants... Uh, you know, as we know, humans evolve, etc. Animals evolve. Obviously, plants do as well. So it makes sense to keep an update on as uh, keep an update of it as things evolve. And also, the amount of you know, certain there are certain plants that only grow in specific regions. You well, know, unless you unless only, you mess around with them, um, you know, there's only one plant that grows in Australia. For example, or wherever in the world. Yeah, do you know the name of that one? No, no. (laughs) So anyway, going on what you were saying, this rounds us off quite nicely. Many wrongly assume, like you um, and me, that only a few (laughs) countries care for the future of the planet and that the rest are ignoring it. Well, listeners, I tell you not. Your ignorance has befallen you. In reality, more than half the world's countries have plant materials stored in gene banks. Having these genes preserved could prove vital to humans in the future as they can help to rebuild populations of rare species and increase, I love this word, genetic diversity to overcome events that might otherwise potentially wipe a species out. That's it from us. It is all about diversity. Um, And I know David Attenborough would agree. Also researchers, look him up too. We'll get him on and Bob Geldof. This is Gina Jedi, people. If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, Teach Now. Get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.